0: Thursday, April 19th, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City, we are right here in Denver, Colorado, and we get together, we do talk sports every single weekday, we Try to bring you a little bit of common sense, we try to bring you a little bit of logic that is desperately needed in the sports world today, we try not to take ourselves or any of these things too seriously, and we are very happy to have you here with us today, happy Thursday to you, slowly. But surely, we are making our way through this week, making our way to another weekend. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know how your week is going. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us, DailyDoseSports at gmail.com, or go over to Twitter or Facebook and reach out to us over there. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you've got a suggestion. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a top five that you've really been wanting us to do. Feel free to throw that out. What if you need some advice? been talking a little bit about money all week, maybe you need some advice on something, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. We have a lot to get to today. There are a couple of stories coming out today that we want to make sure that we cover. And as we do on most Thursdays, we have to get to our sports media overreactions of the week. You know, it seems like the sports media is always, always trying to sell us on something. Please click on this article. Please watch this next segment. Whatever it might be, they're trying to sell us on these things. And so many times they're not stories. So many times it's nonsense. And it's just stuff to try to lure you in on Thursdays. We like to laugh at a few of the more popular ones that are out there. But before we get to those, a few things coming out in breaking news. On Wednesday, in a five to nothing vote by the Nevada State Athletic Commission at their monthly meeting, Canelo Alvarez's suspension for failing. Not one, but two different drug tests was extended to six months, yet before everyone gets all excited, that's actually the lightest punishment typically given for this sort of infraction. Alvarez has been under temporary suspension since April 3rd, and his much-anticipated rematch with unified middleweight world champion Gennady Golovkin was scheduled for May 5th in Las Vegas, and now that has been canceled. Now... Alvarez's suspension is supposed to be lifted on August 17th, exactly six months from February 17th, which was the date of his first positive test. Now, if Golovkin can somehow beat whatever substitute scrub that they found for him to fight on May 5th in Carson, California, then the rematch with Alvarez can be rescheduled for Mexican Independence Day weekend in mid-September, the exact same weekend on which these two fought last year in that disputed draw that everyone thought Triple G won. One thought on this. Way to go boxing. You know, since we started the Dose, we talk a little bit of boxing here and there. Usually try to bring up the biggest fights, the best fights coming. I know for this Canelo Triple G fight last year, while I completely disputed the decision, it was a good fight. Highly entertaining fight. We go to bat for boxing, it seems like, all the time. But way to go boxing. You've done it. You've managed to do it. You have broken my spirit. Way to make me not care about this fight at all anymore. You know, we already saw Golovkin win this fight once and get completely robbed because of your dirty, filthy judges or completely inept judges. You take your pick. And now... You have the gall to talk about a rematch after the guy that already got a decision he didn't deserve gets suspended for cheating in preparing for the rematch that we shouldn't have to begin with. You know, this has been a fight that I was all in on. I wanted to see this fight again. I wanted to see Golovkin do it again. I'll be very transparent. I wanted to see Golovkin beat him again, and I was daring the judges, to have a shady decision again. That's what I wanted to watch. Now? I don't even care. Because we've already seen Canelo get a decision he doesn't deserve. Now we're looking at a rematch he doesn't deserve. He was found cheating. Not, well, well, he was sort of cheating. He was just taking something. No, no, no. Don't try to spin that. He was found twice cheating. I don't even want to see this fight anymore. Way to go, boxing. This filthy sport has broken my will. I don't even want to see Canelo Golovkin too. I don't care anymore. I already knew who the winner was originally. And now you're trying to tell me, hey, there's going to be a big rematch between the cheater and the guy who already won once. Never mind. Ugh. Boxing every single time just manages to drain a little bit more out of that pool. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. It's amazing to watch them do that. A little news coming out in the NBA, Philadelphia All-Star Center Joel Embiid is now listed as doubtful for Game 3 of the Philadelphia 76ers' first-round series game tonight against the Miami Heat. Now, the series is tied 1-1, to and Embiid has missed both games. Don't forget, Embiid has been sidelined since March 28th with that broken orbital bone and a concussion, but he was cleared by the NBA's concussion protocol earlier this week. He practiced with the Sixers on Tuesday and Wednesday, although he was limited a little bit on Wednesday. Now, there's still no definitive timetable for Embiid's return. I think everyone was hoping that maybe he would play tonight. Doesn't sound like it. I do want to discuss this a little bit later in the show, but I know Philadelphia fans are starting to get restless at how Philadelphia is treating Joel Embiid. Going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. One thing coming out in the NBA, despite the fact that his team has now lost his first two games to the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks point guard Eric Bledsoe kind of revved everything up on Tuesday night. When asked if he took the matchup with Celtics backup point guard, who is now playing in place of Kyrie Irving, Terry Rozier, are you taking that matchup personally? Bledsoe replied with, who? This, of course, came after Tuesday's 120-106 game two loss to Boston. The reporter then said, Terry Rozier. And then Bledsoe responded with, I don't even know who the blank that is. Now, I see Bledsoe working a little bit. He's trying to act like he has no idea who Rozier is. I mean, I guess that's your methods you want to use. Man, he's so beneath me. I don't even know who he is. But here's the thing that I'm wondering. Why is that the end of the questions? Like, as far as I know, this was the report that came out. As far as I know, that was the end of the questions. Shouldn't there be another question? Like when he says, who? And they say, Terry Rozier. And he says, I don't even know who the blank that is. Shouldn't the next question be, you know, the guy that's whooping your butt this whole series? (laughs) Is this series getting personal at all? You know that guy? Because that guy is doing whatever he wants to you right now. That guy is dominating you right now. You know that guy that you can't stay with? That guy that keeps dropping jumpers in your eye? That's why you have that swollenness under that one eye? That guy. Do you know who I'm talking about now? Because I think everyone else here knows who I'm talking about. Because we've all seen Terry Rozier is lighting you up. Yeah, Eric Bledsoe. Like, you can try that spin job if you want. You can try to act like, man, I don't even know who that guy is. I have no idea. Yeah, he's the guy that's tearing you up. That's who that is. Milwaukee Bucks are in some trouble. Going to be talking a little bit later about some of these NBA playoff series and some of the things going on in those. Got a few overreactions that we want to discuss. Hey, speaking of those, coming back, we are going to be taking a look at some of the biggest overreactions of the week by the sports media. And this week, we've got some things from the NFL. And of course, like I just mentioned, some of those NBA playoff angles that are coming out, they don't make the most sense. You know, every single week, we like to take a look around the sports world and just kind of see what overreactions that the sports media might be jamming down our throat. Because they do have websites to sell. They've got to sell those ads. They've got newspaper articles to write. They've got a number of things on their plate. I know I've been in that position. I know that you're trying to get some clicks. You're trying to generate some interest. And sometimes the sports media will throw some things out as that don't really make sense. And here on the daily dose, On Thursdays, we just like to stop, take a look at some of these takes, and just kind of say something simple like, That was an overreaction. So here is a big one that just came out yesterday, and it was on a pretty big website. And here is the take. It is that New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady has still not committed to playing this coming season, even though people who know him believe he's going to be back for this coming season. The lack of any official word from Brady, either privately or publicly, has left some to admit that while they think he's going to play in 2018, they can't say for sure. My money would be on him playing football for the foreseeable future, but what goes on away from the football field, I don't know. One source told this major worldwide website. think you know who I mean. Kind of a slow week over on that sports network, isn't it? Hey, not sure. Maybe Tom Brady won't play. He's never said he was going to play. We've all just been kind of assuming that he would the whole time. But, I mean, who knows? He may not even play. This is what's passing for news these days on a lot of these sports media websites. Let me ask you a question. Just throwing this out there. Has, I don't know, has Bill Belichick said he was going to coach this year? Uh Uh-oh, we've got another headline. Bill Belichick may not even be back for the 2018 season. I mean, we think he's going to be, but we're not really sure. What about Carson Wentz? You know, Carson Wentz is coming off that injury. There's been talk that he might not be ready for the start of the season. Is Carson Wentz going to return at all? Maybe he's not even going to play. I mean, are we going to pull this out on everybody? Does every single player have to come out and say, hey, I'm definitely coming back? Does Tom Brady have to come out and now state, hey, just for the record, I am coming back. I know are a lot of you are doubting it whether or not I'd be back. I am coming back. I just want to make that official. He never said he wasn't coming back. How is this news? These are the kind of silly overreactions. Like, this is why we do overreactions of the week. This story, which, like I said, was on the front page of said sports network. What next? Is LeBron James really going to play next year? You know, he's never said anything. I don't know. Maybe he's not. I don't have any idea. He might not even be playing next year. We're all talking about L.A. or Philly or where he might be going. He might not even play. You know, he hasn't even said he was going to play next year. You know, I'll just throw this out there to those websites and to these sports media sites. Hold on to that one. Like, will LeBron James play next year? Hold on to that one like he did for Brady. Hold on to it when it's dry. We get over the summer. Not a whole lot going. There's just baseball. It's pretty boring. Hold on to that one and then release that. You know, now that we think about it, I'm not even sure LeBron's even going to play anymore. He's never said anything. He's never really committed to it. We all know Tom Brady's going to play. That's not even a question. Do you really think he wouldn't have leaked it to someone? Even the source, whatever that source is, even the source says, my money would be on him playing. I don't know. He hasn't said anything. Come on. You're better than that. Stop making up these stupid stories. That's not a story. Let's move on to something that's actually sports related because that's more just nonsense related. Okay, here's one thing I did here. Over the past week we've had a couple NFL retirements taking place. And with those two retirements, we are being told that we should be seeing a couple of new busts going in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. First off, linebacker James Harrison should definitely be a Hall of Famer. I mean, think about it. He played like 15 seasons in the league. He finished his career with over 84 sacks, five Pro Bowls. He has one of the biggest plays ever in Super Bowl history. Hey, James Harrison is a Hall of Famer. I'm just going to say it. I think James Harrison, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Good luck with that. And I know that he does have some longevity. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a Hall of Famer because let me give you a few names that actually have more sacks than James Harrison. And you tell me if these guys are Hall of Famers too. James Harrison retires with 84 and a half sacks. Okay. Hey, that's solid. Over a career, that's nice. That's good. Willie McGinnis has 86. Is Willie McGinnis a Hall of Famer? Trevor Price has 91 sacks. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be seeing Trevor Price going into Canton anytime unless he pays the admission. (laughs) Hey, forget James Harrison. Fellow Pittsburgh Steeler Joey Porter had 98 career sacks. He's not getting in. And don't forget... Joey Porter has even won the Pittsburgh Steelers a playoff game after his playing career when he drew that penalty against the Cincinnati Bengals during the playoff game back in 2015. Remember when he was out there, draws the penalty, all of a sudden the game completely flips, everything changes? Joey Porter at least had that going for him. Wouldn't that give him a leg up on James Harrison? He's not getting in. Hey, James Harrison was a tough football player, tough guy, played for a long time. He has. One of, like I said, the most memorable plays in Super Bowl history when he intercepted Kurt Warner in Super Bowl 43. Remember that play? The Arizona Cardinals were getting ready to go in for a touchdown that would give them a lead going in at halftime. James Harrison picks off the pass and somehow returns it 100 Yards for a touchdown that completely changed the momentum of the game. In fact, here is a clip from NBC. From the gun, Steelers show blitz. Here they come. He gets it away, and it's picked off at the goal line. There's a flag thrown on the run back. James Harrison to run it back, and Harrison is past midfield. Harrison going down the sideline. Harrison still on his feet. Harrison is going to go all the way and waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is signaled. But see, that doesn't make James Harrison a Hall of Famer either. As much as we look back at that play and say that's amazing, we have had other guys make big plays in the Super Bowl. That doesn't make them Hall of Famers either. I mean, think of some of the players in Super Bowl history that have made big-time plays. David Tyree with the New York Giants and the catch that he made, the helmet catch, one of the single greatest catches ever in Super Bowl history. He's not getting in the Hall of Fame. What, are we going to put Jack Squirek in there? Golden Richards? They all had big plays in the Super Bowl. We're going to put Timmy Smith in there? He had some big plays in the Super Bowl. That's not enough. And I know when some of these players retire, we want to put everyone in the Hall of Fame. We want to retire everyone's jersey. He was a good player, and I like him, and I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. Not when you put him up against other players at that position. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's a nice player. He's a tough guy. Not a Hall of Famer. Another guy that they're talking about being a Hall of Famer. Retiring Buffalo Bills offensive lineman, Richie Incognito, he might be a Hall of Famer if not for that bullying incident that he had. Hey, Incognito played 12 very good seasons in the NFL. He was elected to the Pro Bowl four times. Of course, we all remember back in 2013, he was with the Miami Dolphins and the team suspended him for misconduct related to the treatment of teammate Jonathan Martin who left the team a week earlier. Incognito's conduct was ruled to be detrimental to the team. He was suspended. And some in the media are saying that is what will ultimately keep Incognito from making it to Canton. Any truth to that at all? No, not really, because that's not what's going to keep him from Canton. I mean, I'm sure that plays into it somewhat, but you know what else is going to play into it? The fact that offensive guards don't make the Hall of Fame. I mean, they just don't. And that's where Incognito plays. He's a guard. He's not a tackle. In the history of football, there are exactly 15 offensive guards in the Hall of Fame. You're going to tell me Richie Incognito is the 16th best ever in history? Yeah, I'm not buying that. I mean, Green Bay Packers offensive guard Jerry Kramer. Think of what he did. One of the biggest plays ever consistency blocking on that Green Bay Packers line for years back in the 60s when all they did was block, block. Remember, we got to get out here and run the ball in the alley. That whole thing for Vince Lombardi. Jerry Kramer led the way for Bart Starr to score the winning touchdown in the ice bowl. And he just got in. Like he just, just, just got in. You're telling me Richie Incognito is going to get in? He has no chance. And the bullying thing It plays no part in it. It's never going to get that far. Incognito is a nice player. Again, yeah, he's a solid player. He's a decent offensive guard. One of the better offensive guards for a couple of years. Is he the best of the best of the best? No. He's not even close. Not even close to being the best of the best. But sometimes, again, sometimes we let emotion get the best of us as fans. We want to see every guy get into the Hall of Fame. We want every guy put into the team ring of fame. We want every guy's jersey retired. Slow down, take a few years. When you step back, you look back and you go, "Eh, he's okay. He's He's pretty good. He's pretty good, but I don't know if he's that great. Can't put everyone in the Hall of Fame. It diminishes the value of it if we do. Hey, coming back, we will continue our weekly segment, the Daily Dose Overreactions of the Week. The NBA playoffs are rolling along. And of course, we've got a few overreactions to the first round. We will get to those when we get back. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping that you might need to do, you should probably head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. April's Loot Crate theme, it's almost gone, but it's called Artifacts. It features items from Marvel Comics, Lord of the Rings, The Legend of Zelda, and The Dark Crystal. But if you hear those franchises and they're not of interest to you, go over to Loot Crate because they have just about any franchise you can think of, all the latest movies, all the hottest video games, all of the TV shows that you watch, that maybe your kids watch, that maybe your friends watch, you want to get something to put on your desk at work? You want to get something for your car? You want to get something for your pets or clothing to wear? You can find it over at Loot Crate. The best part about ordering, when you check out, make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order It always helps a little bit to try to save some money when you can. Okay, so we've got to continue on with a few overreactions of the week that we have heard. One of the big ones we're hearing is that the Philadelphia 76ers should stop babying Joel Embiid and just let this kid play. We are seeing Philly now possibly in a dogfight with the Miami Heat. Why are they being so cautious about letting Joel Embiid play? Hey, he says he's ready. Why aren't they letting him play? Remember, He had that broken orbital bone. He had that concussion, but he's now been cleared by his doctors. Just let him play. Just let him get out there. Well, here's the thing. Far be it for me to defend what the Philadelphia 76ers are usually doing. And there's no question that the Sixers need Embiid. He is so good. He can change the way this whole series would look. But, hey, he's too valuable. You're not talking about just this season if you're the Philadelphia 76ers. And I know Philly fans are looking at it saying, hey, with the way the East looks and the way things are shaping up and Cleveland may be stumbling a little bit, we need to pounce right now. There's a chance Philly could go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. But we're going to need Joel Embiid to do it. Yes, but see, ownership's not looking at it that way. They're looking at it and saying, hey, this kid is a 10, 12-year investment. We don't want to take the chance that he's really, really good for these one, two years, and then he's not quite the same after that. The Sixers, unfortunately, they're smart to watch Embiid. They are smart to be careful with him. I would be very, very cautious with him, too. He's an amazing player. I would want him to be playing for the next 10, 12 years. Another popular thing that I'm hearing being thrown out there is about the Minnesota Timberwolves big man, Carl Anthony Towns. Of course, Minnesota playing in that series against the Houston Rockets. But one thing that we're seeing the experts on the panel for the NBA talk about with the Minnesota Timberwolves, why doesn't Carl Anthony Towns demand the ball? Hey, when I was playing, and you already know who I'm talking about. When I was playing, what I do is I just go down to the block, and I just demand the ball, and I just get it, and I just turn around and dunk. Can you dig it? So yeah, you know who I'm talking about. But I mean, sometimes these guys that used to play, they forget the rules have changed. Like, defenses can collapse down on him a lot more. Those illegal defenses that used to be back in the day, that's not a thing anymore. It's much, much harder to just post up all day. And Carl Anthony Towns is more than capable of moving around and finding the ball. He's not a back-to-the-basket guy every time. He can face up. He can hurt you in different ways. And I will say this. When you're talking about an offensive player backing up, posting up, getting positioned, and getting the ball down low. It is hard work. Sometimes we look at Carl Anthony Towns and say, dude, just go down to the low block and and put in work down there. It's hard work down there. You're getting pushed. You've got to be low. You've got to be wide. You've got to use your legs. We could say the same thing about LeBron James. LeBron James in the low block is almost unstoppable. You can't do anything with him. He's too big. He's too strong. What do you do? But I don't hear nearly as many people saying, hey, LeBron ought to get down to that low block and stay down there and just demand the ball in the low block. No, because LeBron can hurt you a lot of different ways. And if he does do that, it's going to eventually wear him out. He's not going to be good anywhere else. It's easy for the big guys to say what Carl Anthony Towns ought to do. It's not quite the same as when they played. We all know what you did back in your day. But it's not quite as easy as what it sounds. The rules have changed. The low post rules for the defense, especially, are different than they used to be. You can play some zone down there. It's a little bit different. Speaking of LeBron James, one of the takes you are probably going to be hearing today is that the Cleveland Cavaliers righted the ship last night when they got that win against the Indiana Pacers at home in game two of their NBA playoff series. Now, LeBron James is going to get the Cleveland Cavaliers rolling. I mean, I still favor Cleveland in the East because I just have such little faith in the rest of the Eastern Conference. But last night, think about how that game went against Indiana. The Cleveland Cavaliers needed a 19-3 to start. They needed 46 points from LeBron James. They needed a few, let's just say, friendly hometown calls. And Victor Oladipo had to miss a three with less than 30 seconds remaining that would have tied the game just in order for Cleveland to beat Indiana by just three points, at home, with their backs to the wall. That is a lot of things that had to happen that were really close to not happening in order for them to win a game that they had to win. Now, that would not be making me feel real warm and fuzzy if I were a Cleveland fan. Add into the equation the fact that Kevin Love left the game with that same injured hand again. I'm telling you right now, this isn't looking great for Cleveland. Here is one thing that I can't understand. Maybe you understand this because I certainly don't. Why do the Cavaliers stand and just watch instead of getting any sort of movement on offense? LeBron gets the ball, and I understand they play a lot of isolation basketball, but they would be so much harder to guard if they just moved, if they just cut, if they just rotated. It would make them so much more difficult to guard. It is tough tough to watch that kind of offense. Can I ask this? Another question that I have for you, Daily Dose listener. Does head coach Tyron Lue do anything? Does he just hand the clipboard to LeBron and watch? <laughs> I'm legitimately asking. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying that's what he does. I'm just guessing. I don't know. But I know that there are those who are going to be saying today, hey, Cleveland is fine. They are still the class of the Eastern Conference. And I understand that. I get that. Last night was their chance to prove that. And it started out that way. It really did. When they jumped up on them early, they're up 13 to nothing. They're up 19 to three. They're rolling. But it didn't end that way. I am looking at this Cleveland team, and I am saying the best case scenario for them, the best case scenario, is to make the NBA Finals and somehow maybe win one game and not get swept. That is the absolute best case scenario. Hey, be careful with this Indiana team. Cleveland might have the better player. I think Indiana has the better team. I'm not having a whole lot of faith in Cleveland right now. I just don't have any faith in the NBA East right now either. Hey, here's one that's kind of popular right now. The Boston Celtics are way better than any of us thought. They're taking care of business against the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, this Boston team, I don't know how. They're still good without Kyrie Irving. We know they haven't had Gordon Hayward, but they're still a team that could go all the way to the conference finals. And yes, that is a possibility. The way things fall, Boston could go to the conference finals. But let's slow down on how great Boston really is because right now, Boston is beating basically a one-man team. I mean, Milwaukee has Giannis, and that's about it. They've got Eric Bledsoe taking bad shots. But at some point, I would think that the lack of a true big-time point guard could come back to haunt Boston, and I expect it to. Let's slow down on just Boston is running through everybody and they're the team to beat in the East. Hey, I picked them to win the East. I'd be glad to have that pick come out right. I'm not sure I'm buying it because they're beating Milwaukee. We've said all year, Milwaukee's a one-man team. When Anna DeCampo steps off the floor, that team drops big time in production. So it's not that big of a deal. Our final overreaction of the week that I want to get to from the NBA playoffs, I have to say, is the one that said the New Orleans Pelicans would not be able to hang with the Portland Trailblazers because Portland has such better backcourt play. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, I have to confess, I thought this too. I genuinely did. I thought that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum would tip the scales in favor of Portland. We knew that Anthony Davis was going to be a load in the frontcourt, but I thought the guards would pay off. Here's the thing. Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo are making it their personal mission to whip Portland and they're doing it. Here's some stats for you. In two games, Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo have combined for 76 points and 37 assists, while Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have combined for the same 76 points, but just 19 assists. Plus, Rondo and Holiday, Yeah, they're both pretty good rebounders. And as a result, the New Orleans Pelicans are up to nothing. They're going home. Hey, they've got a chance to end Portland's season for them. Portland's in big trouble because we know they can't match up with Anthony Davis. So they need that backcourt to outweigh the other side. It's not what's happening. And I'll admit I got that one wrong too. I did not think Holiday and Rondo would be this good. They're playing really, really good defense and you can tell they have made it personal we are going to go out and we are going to beat these two because all we've heard is what we can't do hey it's why we watch sports isn't it you don't know until they actually play it i'll own it i have got this one wrong too we'll see if portland can turn this around but they're gonna have to do it on the road hey tomorrow is friday and of course we will be looking at the latest sports news and stories we will be previewing the weekend in sports like we do. Plus, we will have our weekly Daily Dose Top 5. You know that you have to tune in for that. I have to say thank you so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the suggestions. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing to the show. And if you haven't subscribed, please be sure that you do so wherever it is that you listen. It is all very, very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.